0: Amen. The Lord be with you, Hope College. Thank you. Thank you, praise team. Let's give it up for them. Thank you so much. It's Monday, and spring break is almost here, so I'm glad you're here this morning. I have a couple announcements before we start. First, is that it's not quite spring break yet, so tonight, 6.30, Gospel Choir, come on out. It's a good time. There it is. See you here. Second, Any dance marathoners here? Any? Can I just say bravo? Bravo! I mean, 1,088 of you. Nearly a third of the campus was involved. 340-some thousand dollars raised. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you so much. That is beautiful work, Hope College. Beautiful work. I'm going to introduce to you a young man named Jackson Vanderlaan. He comes from, uh, yes, let's give it up for Jackson. Thank you very much. All the way from Lansing, Michigan. He is a junior, a sports, athletic training, athletic training major, and um, he is a chaplain of the Prometheans. And he is going to read the word of the Lord for us this morning.
1: 2 Timothy, verse 4. Um, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus who will judge the living and the dead and in view of his appearing in his kingdom I give you this charge preach the word be be prepared in season and out of season correct rebuke and encourage with great patience and careful instruction for the time will come when people will not put up with sound doctrine instead to suit their own desires they will gather around them a great number of teachers to say what their itching ears want to hear they will turn their ears away from the truth and turn aside to myths But you, keep your head in all situations, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, discharge all the duties of your ministry. For I am already poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness with the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing.
0: Amen, thanks Jackson. Thank you. Now, in truth, we've been away from Paul's letter to Timothy for a little while, but we're back, hallelujah. This morning, we have the first eight verses, and on Wednesday, we finish up this word, and Trigvi will be with us. Paul is here in chapter four, giving a final charge to his mentee, Timothy, and in many ways, it sums up everything he needs to tell Timothy about ministry, and this is it. Preach the word. Preach the word. Paul says, don't stop, Timothy, ever, ever. Persist in proclaiming the word, this message of Jesus Christ. Teach it with utmost confidence and loving patience. Preach the word when the time is right and when it's not. Preach when people listen and when they don't. Preach when followers follow you. Oh, and when they start following someone else, even when they turn away from the truth and their ears start ringing with other myths, preach the word, Timothy. Why? Because you stand not just in the presence of mere mortals. You stand in the presence of God and of his Christ, the one who will judge the living and the dead, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and his kingdom has come and it will have no end. It's his word, Timothy. So preach it. Now, of course, you are wise enough to know that this charge to preach the word is not just a command given to Timothy, nor is it even only for people who are in full-time ministry. Friends, it's the charge to all of us. All who walk by faith. Paul says it's hard. There's no doubt about it. He spent the whole book telling us that. But it's worth it. Did you hear what he said? Verse 6 and following. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. From now on, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Now, the image Paul often uses of faith is a good one, I think. It's that of an athlete. Here, an athlete who has run well and now has victory, an athlete who is being awarded the crown And what he's won is righteousness. Now, i got to say, the reality of righteousness is almost ineffable. So deep and wide and beautiful is this gift that it is hard to fathom. But I'm going to try. Here's the short of it. 2 Corinthians 5.21, for our sake, God made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Friends, simply put, when you place your faith in Jesus, you are now and for all eternity righteous. God, the judge of the world, has pronounced sentence on you. This is not blind justice, right? He, is not, he has seen your guilt. He's seen it. He's seen your shame. He's seen the sin that so easily entangles. And yet he says, oh, my child, you are in the right. You are made right with me. You are righteous. Not because of anything you have done but only because of what Christ has done in you, for you. Martin Luther calls this the wonderful exchange, right? That Jesus gets my sin and I get his righteousness. (sighs) Righteousness means that we have been reconciled to God. We have the gift of a right relationship with the Father through the Son in the Spirit. We call this justification. There's better news. God is also, for the whole rest of my life and your life, working in us, cultivating in us righteousness, blamelessness, holiness. He has made you righteous, and he is making you righteous. And we call that sanctification. This is called double grace, John Calvin, hallelujah. Friends, when you put your trust in Jesus Christ, righteousness is who you are and righteousness is who you become. One of my favorite pastors said it like this. We will be perfected in righteousness when we die, and we will be be rewarded for the measure of righteousness God has worked in us. Thus, God's will for us is not paralyzing frustration because of imperfection. His will is liberating courage because of the certainty of our future in him. Oh, we're not there yet, friends. We're not there yet, and the struggle is real. The fight is hard, but we'll get there. That's a promise. We press on, says Paul. Christ has made us his own, and we press on to make him our own. The word Paul preaches to us is righteousness, and he says definitively, a crown of righteousness has been reserved for me, and a crown is reserved for you. And here's how you get it. Faith. Faith. You live by faith in Jesus Christ. There's much that we could say about faith, but I just want to stick to Paul's description here because it is profound. Did you hear the last words that he says? He describes faith as a longing for Christ. The crown of righteousness is reserved for all who have longed for his appearance, who love his appearance, says King James. When I think about longing, I naturally think about my beloved David, my husband of 20 years, Lately, I have especially longed for his appearance since he is teaching this semester in, in Washington, D.C., and for these four months, he is mostly away from home. When he is absent, I desire his presence. When I have not spent time with him, I am eager for his companionship, for the joy of being with him. I long for the pleasure of his conversation, the richness of his thoughts. I long to hear about the work, his work in the world and share with him mine. After 20 years, I am dependent upon him. So intertwined is our life. We are united in purpose and in work. In the work of raising children, in the work of establishing the life of our family. Together, we serve the church and worship the Lord and seek to love our neighbor as ourselves. I long for his appearance so that we can be about this work together. The crown of righteousness is for those, is reserved for those who walk by faith. And long for Christ, who love his first appearance in their life, who look for him to come again so they may be with him, and who watch every day for him to appear in the dorm room, at lunch, in conversation, in prayer. They long for his company, joy in his fellowship, and seek to join him in his work. Ultimately, we long for Christ to be our heart's cry because that is what we are to him. This is Paul's picture of faith. Friends, does longing for Christ Describe your current race of faith. If so, praise the Lord. And if not, you're not alone. So here's what you do. You go back to the charge. The sum of Paul's advice to Timothy, and you preach the word. And you know who you preach to first? Yourself. Preach the word to yourself, until you know, till you know, till you know, that you are saved, forgiven, righteous, righteous. Preach the word to yourself until you desire the Lord, because He is the lover of your soul. When our hearts condemn us, 1 John says, we know that God is greater than our hearts. So have courage, have faith, love the Lord, and walk in him. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen.